Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, and I'm a content creator going by the handle Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I also own a vegan cafe by the same name as the podcast, which is Savage Cafe. And I'm Daniel, also a vegan and one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel. We're two friends currently living in different countries and we'll be giving our savage take on all things life, veganism, and the latest trending topics. So basically, whatever comes to our minds because we love to talk. You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. All right. Welcome to episode two of the savage podcast. Hello. Daniel is having some issues this morning. (laughs) I really am actually. I don't know what's going on with me today. (laughs) <laughs> he's a bit sick yeah. so i think we can give him give him a pass on this one yeah give me the benefit of the doubt you know <laughs> that's not the right term <laughs> oh, whatever you know what it means like, what, like, there is no doubt <laughs> I, that's true okay well what i'm trying to say is like yeah. you're so funny anyways welcome to episode Don't two we love daniel <laughs> It's episode two. Yeah. We're already doing fantastic. Oh, yeah. We are. We are clearly. Daniel, are you recording yourself? I am. Yeah. Okay. We've got the video rolling. We've got the video rolling. Okay. We've got the video rolling. We've got everything Okay. Good. 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 Okay. So today's episode. Well, well, see, I can't talk already. We're having issues this morning. We are. Okay. Let me, let me, let's, let's, let's rewind. Okay. (laughs) Today's episode is episode two, <laughs> where we are going to be offering um, our savage take or savage kind of opinion on um, life as a millennial. And it's kind of an interesting one because there are lots and lots of kind of articles and people on YouTube talking about this. Um, and as me and Rose are both millennials, we thought it would be kind of an interesting one to kind of delve into and talk about how, you know, whether we agree, disagree with some of the statements and how we feel our life has been impacted being part of this kind of generation. Beautiful. And Daniel, would you like to give us the definition of millennial? So because I want to know exactly the age range. I know we fall in it, Yeah. but I want to know the age range. Well, the interesting thing is, is from what, from what I've looked at, there's not really a general a hundred percent consensus because some, some say it's people born between it's like 83 and like 96. So, Basically, really? yeah, so I, I feel like the current age range for millennials is somewhere between about mm, 26 to maybe about 35, 36. So that's kind of the millennial generation because younger than that would be considered, I think it's generation, is it generation Y or Z? Z. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is what I'm looking at. Yeah. So um, anyone born between 1981 okay. and 1996. Yeah are considered millennials. Okay. And anyone born from 1997 is part of a new generation, apparently. Ah, okay, okay. So, interesting. Mm. So we're like smack down in the middle, kind of. We we are literally pretty much in the middle. Almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost in the middle. Pretty much in the middle. So we were both born in 1988. Mm -hmm. Good year. Good year. Was it a good year, Dad? I mean, we were born, so of course it was a good year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the year of the dragon yep. if you will yeah the year is not nice that is cool Appar- <laughs> apparently it's a very powerful like symbol or year to be born is the year of the dragon right so i think yeah did you just make this up no no it's like a 
It's like a thing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did make it up, but I just is like to pretend thing? that it is a powerful. Daniel's really good at making things up, just putting it out there. So like, don't believe everything he says. Make sure you fact check everything. Ask for citations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ask for footnotes. <laughs> Hashtag <and> citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Anyways, okay. So now I guess, okay. The interesting thing is now we're in a new generation. Did you know that? Gen Z is the newest generation to be named and were born between 1995 and 2015. Ah, uh, okay. So I guess whoever's born after that is now, I don't know, what's after Z? Uh, like, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Maybe they start again. Maybe it becomes generation A. I mean, who makes this shit up? I, it's kind of stupid. I don't know. But anyway, before <laughs> anyways, before we get okay. into into kind of delving into millennials and talking about that, I thought yeah. it would be good for us to have a quick little uh, life update as to what's going on with the two life of us. Life update time. Yes. So, Rose, you want to start? What's been what's been going on in the uh, world of cheap, lazy vegan? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I'm working like a dog, uh, you know, not enough time for laziness, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's and uh, yeah, it's been it's been crazy. But I have done a few things and I've started writing down like some little, you know, little nuggets into mm. my phone ju to, just to remind myself to talk about it on this podcast. Oh, that's good. Um, You're more prepared than me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm more prepared in this aspect. Yeah. Okay. So recently I watched two movies that I, one of them of, I really enjoyed mm -hmm. and one of them I uh, hated. Okay. And I think you know which one I hated. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I know. So which one did you really enjoy? Let's start with that one. Oh, we're starting with the positive? Yeah. Okay. I like to start uh, with the positive. So the movie I really <laughs> <laughs> The movie I very much enjoyed is called Parasite. Okay. And I haven't talked to you about this, Dan, no. yet. And um, it's actually a Korean movie and it okay. might be my new favorite movie. I talked about this really? in uh, yeah, my upcoming mukbang video, but uh, this might be my favorite movie. Was this the one that you saw at the, um, like, was it Korean Film Festival or Korean something that was going on in Calgary or? No, so I wanted to watch this during the International Film Festival in the city, yeah. but this actually sold out before I could get a ticket. Oh, wow. So this was one of the films that sold out yeah. because this film won uh, the Cannes um, Film Fest Award. Yeah. What are you looking no, at? No, I just looked up. Because I feel like I'm always like looking down when the camera's filming me. So I just wanted to look up just once and kind of smile. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. But it, Daniel, like, okay. So like we have our webcam on right now and he literally just looked up like he was looking up to the heavens or something. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. Parasite. Um, continue. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it won the Cannes like international film festival, like award, okay. which is like a big deal. Yeah. And basically the director is Bong. Like, I don't know how to say it in an English accent. So it's Bong Joon-ho. Okay? okay. So it's Bong Joon-ho. There you go. That's how you say it in English accent. Okay. Um, and he's like a world famous director. He directed Okja. Have you seen that, oh, Daniel? Yes. No, I have seen Okja. Yes. So he directed Okja. He also directed Snowpiercer, which is another big film. Okay. Which, which I also recommend, which is on Netflix. Okay. And um, this one, though, is called Parasite. And I don't want to tell you too much. Yeah, I don't, I but what I really it. like about this. Yeah. You have to watch yeah. it. What I really like about this director is like he takes like his movies and he turns them into kind of like a social commentary. Yeah, that's kind of like so. It's kind of like Okja mm -hmm. because that was like a full like it, it had the pretty blatant, blatantly obvious undertone of the animal um, farming industry. Exactly. So. so oh, I love his films. Yeah. They're so good. Anyways, I don't want to tell you anything because 
it's like one of those films where you just have to go in blind. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to. It's so good. I wonder if I, I wonder where I'm going to be able to see it here though, because like it's, it's not on Netflix, is it? It's not on Netflix. Mm. Um, it might be. You know, what? I'm going to Google this after, but it might be playing in a theater near you because okay. it was playing in Calgary. It was. I actually saw it in theaters. Okay here because it was so popular mm. so you might be able to find a screening okay, I'll, but i'm not I'll, sure I'll, I'll Google but either it. way yeah. <laughs> either way you'll find something yeah. okay anyways so the 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 movie that i did not like mm. um is a movie called age of adeline <laughs> <laughs> not to like throw shade mm. but like you know we're talking we're gonna be savage right yeah. in this podcast yeah we, we, that's so the whole point. that's the whole point and yeah. uh so this movie, I don't know if you've, you've seen it, Daniel, I have or seen it, yeah, have you yeah, not? Yeah, I have. Did you enjoy it, Daniel? I feel like Daniel would enjoy I it. I definitely, I did like it. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to hear your <laughs> savage take on it. And then, yeah, I'll just, you know, silently sit over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is I, um, I actually watched it years ago mm. and I don't remember watching it. Like I remember watching it now because I like as I was watching the film, I remembered that I watched it. Yeah. But before I clicked on the film, because I watched it on Netflix, I think. And before I clicked on the film, I totally had forgotten that I've I've seen it. Yeah. And that like never happens. I never forget a movie that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So clearly it was that boring. <laughs> or that memor that memorable, <laughs> you know? That it was so memorable <laughs> that I completely forgot. Yeah. And I yeah, so like I I watched it. I watched it with my roommate and as I was watching it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this. Mm. And then I, and then by the end I knew I, I had seen it. Yeah. And if you don't know the premise, uh, I will tell the listeners the premise. Basically, I really like the, the idea behind the film. And that's, what's like frustrating for me because I, hate when, I, hate when that I feel like with it could have been, cause there's like, there's, it's so annoying. Yeah. Cause you know, there'll be films where you're like, Oh my God, I really like the idea or the premise of it. And then the way they execute it, it's just like, why? So bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you seen that movie with Justin Timberlake? It's called like At Time yes. or About oh Time my God. or something. Another movie oh. where I was like, I love the premise and the idea is so good about the idea that the amount of time you have left to live is on your watch and you can like buy more or whatever else it is. That's the one, mm -hmm. right? And then it's like... Yeah, yeah, that's the one. But the way that the movie was done, I was just like... It was so bad. Yeah. I like wanted to cry. Because it's... That like, the idea is so good. Like, that's illegal. It should be illegal. I agree. To like make a film that terrible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Age of Adeline. Yeah. So it's with Blake Lively. Like, no offense, but like, um, <laughs> like she's not a very good actress, no, is she? The thing is, the Let's, thing, the thing with yeah. Blake Lively, and it's I've I've noticed that ever since like Gossip Girl, she is stunningly gorgeous. But yeah. when it comes to actually acting, she's very like she has she's like monotone. Like she's very expressionless. Yes. And like I re yes. I remember like because me and my friends used to be obsessed with Gossip Girl back in the day. And we, we'd always talk about how she was like the worst character because she's just kind of like always like she's happy, but she looks sad. She's sad, but she looks sad. She's this, but she just looks the same the entire time. And right. Yeah, but she is. She doesn't like she's not an actress. I'm not. sorry. But like she, she like, why are you? Ugh, she could model. Angry. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. And that's that's un like, unfortunately for, you know, people that want to be actresses, mm. but are not as good looking as Blake Lively. Mm. That's pretty much why she's famous because she's pretty. That's exactly it. <laughs> and it's unfortunate. Anyways, so she looks really good. Yeah. And, you know, like her outfits are nice mm. in the. Okay. So, okay. Before I get like too deep into this, yeah. the movie, the premise of the movie is good because it's about this lady, Blake Lively, mm. she, like whoever she's playing. Um, well, her name is Adeline. Mm. And basically she stops aging at 29. 
So this lady just like goes through some like crazy event and stopped aging at 29. And in the film, she's supposed to be like a hundred something years old. Yeah. Right. Cause like she's gone through so many years without aging, but she looks, you know, 29. 29. Yeah. So like the idea is so good, but like Blake Lively, unfortunately is not very lively. No. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. No, I know. I, I, I have to admit, I did not make that up. Okay. I saw that in like a review. Someone was like, you know, for someone that is, uh, that's lived to over a hundred years old, it's unfortunate that you haven't developed much of a personality. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then they were like, they were like, it's very ironic. Her last name is very ironic indeed. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, I thought you just came up with that on the fly. I was gonna say, God damn, Rose, that no, was I good. Wish. God, God, I could be a comedian if I was that, that uh, on the fly. What do you call it? Yes, on the fly. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I did not enjoy that film. Mm. It was boring. I almost turned it off. Yeah. And um, anyways, I'm sorry if you enjoyed the film. I'm sorry if people liked it. Um, the acting was just bad. Yeah, I, I think that was just. I, I was just bored yeah. the whole time. I was like, I do, she does not have a personality. I do think, I think, because like, I did enjoy the movie, but I think it was more, I'd like the premise of it. The execution wasn't great, yeah. I agree. And I do think a lot of it did come down to Blake Lively. Like, had it been another person cast that could have maybe added a bit more to that role, it could have been a lot more interesting, I yeah. think. But yeah, all in all, it was kind of a snoozer when it could have been something that, I mean, I I still enjoyed it. I would watch it again, but... You know, I can see where you're th- you're coming when from. When did you watch it, Daniel? Uh, I probably watched it like a... I think I watched it when it came out. Like, when did it come out? Like four or five years try, ago? I recommend watching it again. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and, seeing, and seeing how you feel. Okay, okay. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. or don't waste two hours of your time. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see. If I'm, anyways, if I'm bored, wow, I'll we're throwing that. like major shade already. And it's, it's been like 10 minutes. God damn. Okay, so... It's fine. It was an honest review. She's a gorgeous lady. She just should not be an actress. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, Rose, we are going to get some hate comments. I don't know. Yo, like seriously though, like, come on. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm sure she's a lovely person and she's married to like what Ryan, Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds, Is it? Yeah. So two beautiful people. Very hot. Yeah. Together. They're Mm going to have beautiful children and have a beautiful laugh and they rich. Beautiful laugh. (laughs) They rich as hell. They can retire now. Exactly. (laughs) Blake, if you're listening, you don't have to act anymore. You could retire. (laughs) She don't give a shit about us. We be peasants. I know. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, okay, so you saw those two movies. Um, what else did you get? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. And I've been working, I mean, working like crazy. Like a dog. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, my God, I had other things on my mind. Uh, oh, and I'm doing a little challenge. It's like a meditation challenge. Okay. So doing 20 minutes a day oh, wow. of meditation. It's, it's, it's a challenge indeed. Yeah. Well, meditation is difficult. I've done a meditation session before. Um, actually, Have you? Yeah. One of my... Um, one of my old bosses at my first job in London, she is really, really cool. She does like yoga and meditation. And we did a session at work one time, um, just in yeah. one of the off meeting rooms. Um, and it's really hard to like, just clear your headspace. Focus. Yeah. Like it's right? amazing how hard it is. Like you think it would be easier, but actually sitting there and doing it, you're like, whoa, like you'd have so much thoughts. I know. You just need to try to like, let go of them. It's so rewarding though, when you can do that. Yeah. And that's like, that's the whole point is like you kind of, as you keep doing it, Mm. you learn slowly, but surely you learn a little bit more of how to let go of those, like the chatter in your head. I think that was, that's like the main point or one of the main points. That's very cool. So yeah, it's tough though. 20 minutes. Like, cause I used to do 10 minutes a day Mm. and like, that was like doable. Like 10 minutes is doable for me. Like, of course you still like, it's still a challenge to like, you know, get rid of the chatter, but 10 minutes is kind of doable. 20 minutes on the other hand. Whew. Yeah. 
feels forever. I can imagine. Especially- I'd be thinking about everything. <laughs> I'd be thinking about what I'm going to talk about on this podcast. I'd be thinking about what I'm going to eat. Yeah. I'd be thinking about everything. Okay. <laughs> well, Rosie, you're always thinking about what you're going to eat next. So, <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. But while I'm meditating, I'd rather not think about that. Yeah, you know? no, no, exactly. <laughs> you want to you want to try to clear clear your headspace, and it's, it, I've I've heard like only good things about meditation. Like it's supposed to be really really good for you. So I think you know, good on you for doing that, and try to keep it up if you can. That twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 one way to calm my you know over my craziness. Yeah, your crazy your craziness <laughs> over overzealous uh, personality. Um, exactly. Well, Anyways, I think that's it for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more things, uh, but I would like to pass pass it on to you, pass Daniel. Pass the baton on to me. So, what's new mm-hmm. in my world? So, I mean, as most of you know, I'm currently in Spain. Uh, what have I done? Woo-hoo. Yeah, woo. it's actually been it's been interesting living here because I have to like adjust to the lifestyle here. So, for example, like between two and five thirty. So, I finished teaching at the school at two, like English. And then at two o'clock, right. literally between two and five thirty, I'm not kidding you. Everything there's a nap time. Well, and everything closes. <laughs> so like, there's been times where I've been like, oh, I'm gonna go get my hair cut, or I want to quickly grab some groceries. Everything's closed, and they don't open until five thirty. Oh, even the grocery store. Yeah. And then the worst part is, oh my god, the Spanish people—they know how to take their siestas. Exactly, you know. It's, this is, so I guess it's a time for me to meditate and kind of, you know, take a break <laughs> during this this period of time. Take a nap, Dan. Yeah, that's the that's the purpose, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like technically, right? Technically, it is. Yeah, and I think I think probably in the summer it makes more sense when it gets super hot here because it's like yeah. that time you wouldn't want to be kind of in shops and stuff. Um, yeah, but then it's even more frustrating because it's like okay, those places are closed from most places are closed two to five thirty. So, okay, fine. You go and do some shopping and at 5.30. And then you're like, you want to go for dinner. Well, most of the restaurants don't open until 8 or 8.30. So... Oh, my God. Because Spanish people eat so late. It's crazy here. I mean, I'm, I'm adjusting to it, like, slowly. Oh, my God. You're going to come back and you're going to, like, want to die because you're going to ha- want to have dinner at, like, 10 p.m.? I know. And everyone's <laughs> going to be like, no, we're closing here. Sorry. And I'm like, what? It's yeah. only 10 o'clock. <laughs> so that's been an adjustment. Um, so, right. th- so this weekend, one of the things I really wanted to do, because I'm in the region of Mercia, there's lots of kind of mountains and stuff here. So I went for a really amazing hike um, on Saturday, Aww. which is nice because I miss doing that. Like that's one thing I miss about being in Calgary as well is like being able to go out and do a nice hike. Um, so the hike was called, right. Because in Calgary, just a little, little note in Calgary, we are close to the Canadian Rockies. Yeah. We're about an hour and a half drive, only an hour drive. It's actually. A, yeah. To, it's about an hour mm-hmm, just to get to like a hiking area. And it's like absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's like stunning. anyways, continue. Yeah. And so, and obviously from living in London, you don't really have that. And so I was, that's yeah. one thing I'm excited to, about being here. So we did, um, it's called La, La Cresta del Gallo, which is like, I think the, the crest of the rooster it translates to something like this. Okay. Okay. And it was amazing. There was like, as we're walking up, there's like halfway up, there was like this kind of monastery where there was like monks and stuff. Ooh. It was so cool. And I was like, and literally this is like 20 minutes outside the city. So I, I was really happy. And so I'm going to try, try to do that again. And then there's a few other hikes, which I kind of want to to get involved with. I'm trying to think what else happened this week. Oh, and the teachers at my school invited me to their Christmas party. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, yeah. They're having like a little, that's so sweet. Yeah, And they were so nice because, um, I basically was like, Oh, by the way, I'm vegan. So like there needs to be some vegan options or whatever, like just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and the, and the lady's like, Oh yeah, no worries. No problem. And I said, one thing that we have to be careful because even here, when you tell somebody vegan, like, yeah, they, th- <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they think, they think it's one thing. Yeah. Or, or they'll think like, for example, there's a lot of stuff that even is listed as vegetarian and it has like tuna and stuff in it. And you're just kind of like, well, 
right. that's not vegetarian or vegan technically because it has fish in it. Yeah. But here they're just kind of like, whatever. Like, so you do have to be careful. But anyway, the teachers were super, super nice. And I'm very, very excited to uh, go out with them for like some drinks and dinner. So that will be really, really fun. When are you guys going? Uh, so that's going to be, I think it's the last day of school is December 20th. Um, oh, oh, one, one other thing. <laughs> oh, I'm like getting all excited now. So also, um, I've booked a trip to Barcelona for New Year's where, <gasps> where Christelle's meeting me. And we go. No, I'm so jealous. I know. So we go party in New Year's in Barcelona, and the apparently the people the Airbnb that we booked with, um, Christelle was messaging them because you know how you have to message the Airbnb and be like, oh, this is you know reason why we're going and blah 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 blah. And, yeah, and yeah. apparently the host who she was trying to, Christelle's so funny. She's like, I was trying to see who the host was like better by the picture and stuff, because they're having a New Year's Eve house party. <gasps> so I was like, so you're going? Well. We, can, we might do a bit of that and then go to an event later or something. Cause we should, we're in Barcelona. Like there's probably some amazing parties and stuff. I'm so jealous right now. I know it should be so cool. Like, you know, one of, one of the worst things about living in Canada is that I live in just like this giant piece of land <laughs> and to, <laughs> to fly anywhere is like 50, $50 million and it sucks. I hate my life. Oh. But yeah, uh, really, really excited. So that will be fun going to Barcelona. And then... I'm, is it just you and Christelle? Yeah, it's just going to be me and her. And then... Oh, oh, oh. Christelle's our friend that lives in London, yeah. by the way. And I also have another friend of mine from Newcastle. I think you met her, Jess. She's coming to see yeah. me next weekend, actually, in Mercia. She's flying out here. So that will be really, really exciting. That's so nice. Yeah, I've got lots... See, that's what I love about Europe. Everything is so close and you can fly easily and it's cheap and it's just so good to, like, travel. You can just get on a flight exactly. and, like... In an hour, you'll be in a different country with a different language and different yeah. culture. And it's amazing. Yeah. And this one thing, I think one thing that is like when I do move back to Calgary next summer, the one thing I'm going to be like, that sucks is that, you know, we don't really have a budget airline where we can go travel to like Europe or all these really amazing places. It's just going to be like long haul trips. It's like we have to block out chunks of time out of the diary and save a ton of money. So... Yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah. Like every single time I want to travel, it's like, okay, oh my god, this is like major first world problem. But first, this is like a major first world problem. Yeah. By the way, okay, like this actually, like, this uh, this conversation but, links in very well with the millennial chat that we're going to be having in a minute. Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, it's it's within within our uh, topic of discussion. Exactly. So yeah, the the annoying thing again, first world issue. Mm -hmm. Annoying thing about living in Canada is that it's so hard to travel like anytime we want to go anywhere yeah. that's like remotely interesting because like let's be real i'm sorry i'm kind of sick of like north american countries yeah i mean north american <laughs> like by north american countries i mean like canada and u.s yeah, yeah, yeah. like going to places in canada and u.s mm -hmm. is like not as interesting mm -hmm. there are certain parts of the u.s that are a bit interesting but like it's still kind of the same we're just going to like exactly. different cities with like the same fucking starbucks and like you know walmart and like fucking all the same <laughs> goddamn chains okay yeah. That's so it's like boring. Exactly. You're not going to a place where it's like all of a sudden you're in a country where the culture is different. The language is different. The Exactly. You know, like, and that's the beauty of, you know, Europe and everything else. But, um, you know, we got to be planning soon our trip to goddamn Korea. <laughs> oh, God. Are we going to go to Korea? I really we, want okay, to. Daniel and I have been talking about going to Korea. Daniel's never been to. Have you? No, you have been to Asia. Yeah, never I've mind. been to Asia. Am I crazy? Okay. But you haven't been to Korea. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't been to Korea in a very long time yeah. now. It's been like, uh, it's been like almost nine years what? since I've been to Korea, which is insanity. That is insanity. So, I mean, maybe in the future, maybe next year. Yeah. Totally. Potentially. My, my parents are going next week. Are they? So oh my God. Fun. 
Yeah. I want to go. Yeah. But also there's like a lot of pressure of like, you know, me not having babies yet and not being married. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and like meeting up with my relatives, they'll be like, where's, why are you not married? Yeah. Again. You know how they are. A millennial problem, Rose, that we're going to be okay, discussing. Okay. Okay, any other updates, Daniel, that, on your end before we move on to the topic of discussion? Um, that is it for me at the moment. Okay. So uh, now that we've discussed our lives, yeah. um, we, I mean, honestly, we could talk about our lives for, you know, this Years. entire episode, but we won't. Um, we will discuss the topic of discussion, which I have not prepared for, but Daniel has I've prepared I've done. I've done, I've done a bit of prep. So and my prep consisted of, you know, researching like random articles that are out there and stuff and there's literally so much information on the millennial gen- generation being a millennial what's that yeah oh sorry being a millennial yeah being a, exactly being a millennial um and it was interesting because there's polar opposite kind of opinions about millennials and them, themselves so a lot of them were like okay millennials for example this is this is just some stuff that was said so millennials are the most diverse tolerant connected educated educated and idealistic generation ever but then on the flip side, they were also saying that the millennials are the most narcissistic, lazy, <laughs> entitled, coddled, distrustful, yeah. and disconnected. So it's, it's, it was really interesting. There's, Who's writing these articles? Uh, just people in general. And like, I, I like, is it old people? Or is, it, is it millennials writing some of these? Or is it old people that like don't like millennials that are writing? I these? think it's a mixture of both, probably. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I mean, there's some truth to everything. I mean, it's 100%. hard to like. I mean, okay, here's the thing about the negatives about, you know, like the whole being entitled, lazy, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. I'm sorry, but like, if that is the case, you've kind of like, how do I say the previous generation Mm. has almost made it so that the millennial generation becomes entitled. It doesn't happen by accident. A lot, everything that happens happens because of a certain cause, right? So it's cause and effect. So if someone is entitled, so this is how I see like, for, for example, like spoiled kids, right? So we're talking about spoiled kids specifically. If there's a spoiled child and the parent is like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with him? Why is he so spoiled? I'm like, bitch, you, you made this thing happen. Exactly. No, I mean, this (laughs) is like, why do you think he's spoiled? I do think, I do think a lot of that, especially when it comes down to like entitled that and feeling of entitlement. I mean, and Mm -hmm. this is going to sound really bad, but a lot of it does come down to parenting because like, you know, if you're treating your kids a certain way and always giving them everything, then they're going to grow up to be an adult and just expect everything to be handed to them. So you kind of are creating this. Whereas, and I don't think there's anything wrong with treating your children. Like we've just talked about this many times. Like, for example, if you're a very wealthy individual and you happen to go on fancier holidays and stuff. Great. You know, by all means, do what you want. But at the same time, don't be like spoiling your children so rotten that, you know, when they do become adults and into the workforce, they're like these kind of, you know, give me everything for nothing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And they just feel like they don't have to kind of work for um, work for anything. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just and they're entitled. Exactly, exactly. Anyways, um, we're getting off track again. A little bit, but that's <laughs> fine. So I did find this, I, I found this like really interesting article that was like kind of talking about the five, so five kind of key um, statistics about real millennial problems. I'll keep in mind, okay. a lot of this was based on like US data and stuff. So, but I think it's applicable to a lot of other countries as well. So 
the first one. So I'll read this out to you and then I want to get your... Okay, lay it on me. Lay it on me. So millennial problem number one. So millennials are the largest generation at over 85 to 90 million people in the US and are the most most educated generation in history. Now, while this sounds exciting... That with the supply of educated workers much higher than demand, it's creating the perfect storm for unemployment, underemployment, and a flat-out frustration beginning to millennials' careers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's especially now that we're expected, for example, like we're expected to have a, a university education. Yeah. And, you, and then you factor in the fact that women are now able to get an education and get jobs and are, are also expected to get jobs. Yeah. So now we have pretty much double the potential workforce that people 50 years ago, mm-hmm. like, and, that, and that's not even to mention that we have, you know, a rising population and all that stuff too. Exactly. So there's so much more competition mm-hmm. and you, you're seeing that everywhere, like especially where I'm from, like in Korea, for example, everyone's expected to go to university if you don't go to university you're seen as you know lower class and you're seen as stupid or something and then but then what's that gonna what's gonna happen when every single person has a university education and expects to get a certain job exactly well i think i think this and we look at like kind of our parents and even our grandparents generation is if somebody went to university it was a rarity. It was more of the kind of like, maybe not a rarity, but it was like fewer people in the family would go. And like, I remember my grandma saying, for example, so she was um, one of four and her sister was like super, super intelligent. And they had her sister and two brothers and her parents were like, well, no, the boys have to go to university. This is back way back when, you yeah. know? And so totally, and they yeah. could only afford, I think only one of them was able to go to university because again, costs and whatever else. And they had to make sacrifices. But back in that day and age, it was like, if you did get a degree, you were one of the few. So obviously your job opportunities are all of a sudden that much more. Whereas you're right now we're getting a a workforce, which is highly educated, which is a good thing. I mean, it's good to have people that are educated, but at the same time, the um, supply and amount of, of jobs that are out there, it just doesn't meet that. And again, it brings us back to that whole feeling of entitlement because you're, we're always told when we go through school, at least in Canada as well, like go to university and you'll get a job. You know what I mean? Like that's the whole thing. And then now it's happening that, People are going to university and guess what? They're not getting a job when they finish. And then there's that frustration. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, of course, I don't know. Is entitlement always bad? Of course, if you went to university, I feel like you're kind of, you kind of probably do feel entitled to get a job yeah. not entitled but you know what you i feel mean like, like that's the expectation exactly like, and that is the expectation that society puts on you yeah. it's like you go to university to get a good job so mm-hmm. if you can't get a good job then you feel a bit cheated and yeah. you feel like okay like i just spent all this money and can we just talk, also talk about the fact that in the u.s especially yeah. uh tuition fees are ridiculous yeah so um i mean it's already high i think even in canada it's gotten a lot higher yeah but, um, and I think in the UK, UK it's, it's like, like tri- tripled. It has tripled. Yeah. Cause when my first cousin went to university, it was 3000 pounds a year. And then yeah. a few years later, or I can't remember exactly how long now it's nine grand, 9,000 pounds a year. And I think, I actually think it tripled oh, like over one year. It did, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. which is crazy. It's insane. And I just think that's insane. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. And, and then people are saying, this is why millennials complain, right? Yeah. Like, People are saying that like millennials have it easy and stuff, but actually mm. um, it, it maybe in some ways we do yeah. in a sense, yeah. but there's also so much, you know, that 
that isn't really spoken. I mean, I guess it is spoken about, yeah. but there's a lot more to it. Exactly. Anyways. Well, it's like, Whew. it's like, imagine you put all that work in all that effort, get your degree. You're now, I mean, if you had to take out a loan, you know, whatever. So you're like $20,000 in debt or whatever it may be. And, yeah. and then you can't get a job and you're like, oh, well, yeah, you that's know, insanity. Of course you're going to be frustrated. And you're like, now I have this massive debt and there's no job for me. You know what I mean? I'm not saying this happens for every kind of person, but this is the kind of trend that's happening because of this overeducated workforce, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's next? So late on me. Okay. So millennial, it's interesting because we've kind of covered a few <laughs> of these, but like the number two was the problem. The millennial problem number two was 40% of unemployed workers are millennials. This is again, based on us census data. Um, but it kind of, again, it's just kind of talking about touching on what we just talked about is that overeducated workforce and just not enough yeah. jobs. Oh God. God yeah. Damn. And automation maybe also oh, now course. we're living in this world where everything's globalized yeah. and you can hire people overseas. So you do lose a lot of the, you know, more expensive local, especially in the U S yeah. local workforce. Exactly. And, and automation now, you know, you go to a grocery store and half the stuff is, uh, you know, self-checkout. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It creates problems as well as makes things easier. Yeah. So, Well, I think I think that's the thing with technology. Yeah. It is that kind of double-edged sword in a sense that there is opportunity and money to be made in technology. But then you're right. It also, and it makes our lives easier in some ways. But then also it can get rid of jobs as well and create new mm -hmm. So I don't know. And again, there's that whole argument like, is it creating enough more jobs than what it's getting rid of. And I would say probably not, but again, yeah. And like, can like, also I'm just thinking like, I think I talked about this with somebody a long time ago, mm. but you know, we've, we've created this world where like, we all have to have a job. Yeah. We all have to have, like, is that even realistic almost, mm. you know, it's like, is it realistic to expect every single person to pretty much participate in the workforce. Yeah. Are there even enough jobs for everyone? to participate? <laughs> well, this is it. Is there enough jobs for everyone to participate in the workforce? <laughs> like I think, but we've created this, this society now where it's almost necessary because I, again, you look at the, the, yeah. the older generation and there was a time when, you know, granted like a, a, a family, for example, the man would be the guy that was working the woman would stay at home yeah. with the kids and actually she didn't have to work because he made enough money to cover their costs. Yeah, she did the housework and yeah. took care of the kids and that was already a full-time job yeah. and and then the guy went to work and yeah. that was enough money to take care of the family yeah. and like now that just, it's that's tough. Yeah, like exactly. you'd have to have a lot of money coming in from that one person exactly. to, yeah. Because either, either way, either side of the couple, the man or the woman, if one of them wants to stay at home, it's just not really a reality anymore. Like you, it's, unless you are making, it would know, be tough. Yeah. yeah. So that would be tough. And now we want, you want, we want bigger cars. We want bigger houses. We want, exactly. you know, uh, we need to pay our children's goddamn, you know, university fucking tuition. tuition. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, okay. which kindly brings us into a millennial problem number three, which we've already touched on. But again, it's around, of course. Um, college debt. So it just said the average college debt for millennials is around $33,000 US with the median household income remaining the same since 1999. That is beyond ridiculous. Yeah. So we're like, you should not, ugh, this is the problem. Like no offense to us listeners. Mm -hmm. um, love you all. Yeah. Absolutely. But there are many problems. And of course there are problems in Canada as well. Yeah. Okay. Not just saying U.S. has problems. Every country has problems. Yeah. Uh, but U.S., the education 
um, and the loan issue mm. is a severe issue. Yeah. And to expect, uh, it's just sad, you know, because a lot of people mm. are, you know, good enough for university, yeah. but maybe they're not good enough to get a scholarship. Exactly. Well, there's even more on this like little piece. So it says the national college debt is around $1.3 trillion. And it said the college debt in the United States is more than credit card and auto loan debt combined. <laughs> which which we know is still a lot too. Yeah. Credit card debt. We, all, we know that that's already a lot. Exactly. So that's beyond, we're talking, this is what happens when you commodify and try to sell something yeah. like education as a product. Because I feel like I see education as like, Oh, like a right. Yeah. I see it as, you know, I feel like the more, I know we talked about like, oh, like, you know, it does suck when we have a more educated population, but like it sucks in some ways, but like also in some ways I do feel like mm. it's important well, to have a, a baseline educated population. Yeah. I don't think it sucks necessarily. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know how to it like, it doesn't yeah. suck to have an overeducated population. What sucks is the fact that you have this Overeducated, we say, and we say overeducated like it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because we know yeah, that that actually is, a good thing. is beneficial. And you know, for example, having more women educated as well is huge for countries like that. You know, uh, absolutely. Um, I think the issue is having these people that are highly educated and just not having the the jobs or the economy. Having jobs, exactly. Yeah. That's the negative. So I think if you have a country where you know there's enough jobs going around, there's enough, then actually that problem doesn't it ceases to be a ceases to be a problem because you get educated and you get a job. And people yeah. are more, and I do think the thing I think is really good about university is not just the education you get to get a job, but like from my own perspective as a millennial is learning. And it was mentioned earlier in this podcast about how millennials are more kind of open-minded, everything else. I think going to a secondary or secondary, going to a university institution, it does open your mind to new ideas, also new cultures. Cause there's lots of different people there and ex yeah. accepting of people that are different than you as well. So I think, going to university really hypers that kind of um, self-learning or personal kind of growth. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, you know, you do make such good friends and everything in university because you're all growing together yeah. through that. So I think it's great. It's good to have, you know, educated people. Absolutely. And like education. Yeah. Like both Daniel and I, went to university mm -hmm. and it's not just about, you know, getting a job. It's, it's the whole experience of yeah. going to university, taking different classes that maybe uh, aren't offered in high school and yeah. just learning about different things that maybe you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Exactly. And of course, like we can, I mean, we could probably say the same thing about getting into the workforce right away and stuff like that. So yeah. there's pros and cons to both, but I think that people should be at least offered it a reasonably affordable, uh, choice exactly. to go to university exactly it should you know be, it it's sh ridiculous it should be like you were saying it shouldn't be the fact that if someone's really you know is smart and gets really good grades they shouldn't be hindered to be able to go to university because of financial circumstances and like the amount of debt is just it's shocking it's shocking yeah it, it's shocking and it's really sad because yeah it's just sad mm. i don't know well, and that brings us to point number four. <laughs> so, this is making me depressed. Oh god, don't worry. That we're gonna we're gonna do a flip side of the positives okay. as well. So we, these are the okay. last two negatives. Okay, let's go. So negative number four: Millennials are reporting reporting the highest levels of clinical anxiety, stress, and depression than any other generation at the same age. So okay, I have first thoughts about this. Yeah. First thoughts. I think, I mean, maybe it is true that we do have higher level of anxiety and depression yeah. and whatever, but I also do think that the reports are higher because we actually Talk about are more. more aware of mental illness and mental, uh, mental health. Yeah. 
continue. But no, I agree. I agree with that statement. I think now, because mm-hmm. there's a huge, th- huge push now globally, I think, well, at least in the UK and mm-hmm. what I've seen in Canada, you know, mental health awareness week, um, you know, talk to your coworkers, talk to people and really like they're trying to remove that stigma of, you know, being someone that's going through anxiety or stress or being fe- feeling more comfortable to talk about it. So I do think you're right in some ways. Um, people are more open to talk about it now. So that's probably why the stats would be higher. But I, al- yeah. I also think given the stuff we talked about before about, you know, really heightened levels of, of, of debt and everything that is going to cause someone anxiety. So if, oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you finish university with like forty, fifty thousand $50,000 of debt and you can't get a, you know, a, a well-paying job, you're, yeah. you're going to feel really, really stressed. Like it's just, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very stressful. Mm. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's a mixture of both um, awareness of mental health yeah. um, versus just, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's probably a mixture of many, many different things. Oh, but oh my God, just a side note. Yeah. So I do feel like nowadays, maybe uh, mental illness is kind of glorified in a weird way. Mm. Uh, I actually have a personal experience this week. So oh, I, I forgot to mention this because I don't know. It wasn't that important. So I went to this concert um, this week. Yeah. It was uh, this guy named Daniel Caesar. Have you heard of this guy? I haven't, no. Anyways, apparently he's quite big. He's like Canadian. Okay. I think he's from Toronto or something. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I went there and it was like all full of high school kids. <laughs> So I went because one of my employees at my cafe uh, had an extra ticket. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, sure. I'll, like, I'll go with you. And I didn't know who he was. Mm. And um, it was, yeah, it was just like a bunch of high school kids. Oh my God, did I ever feel old? <laughs> Anyways, one of the things that stood out to me during that concert was mm. he, you know, he was like engaging with the audience and talking to them or whatever. Yeah. And he like one time he just like sat there and he was like, has anyone, you know, been super depressed or like something like that. He like asked some kind of weird question like that. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of, you'd be like, Oh, like who's having a great time. It like sounded like that kind of tone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Has anyone been depressed? And then people like cheered and I'm like, that's just a weird, yeah. people are like, Woo-hoo! and I'm like, is this like, are we now glorifying this kind of mm-hmm. shit? Like, Oh, like it's like so relatable. Yeah. Like I get that. Like, you know, it's good to be relatable, I guess yeah. in a way and talk to people about this kind of stuff, but it almost feels like, Ooh. It's pe- it's becoming kind of trendy. Gross. You know what I mean? It's like trendy to be an- anxious and trendy to be depressed. Yeah. Ooh, I was just thinking maybe that could be a potential for a future topic of this podcast. Oh, is like is <laughs> actually I don't know that might our mental health issues being glorified. But actually I don't. Uh, that that might be a bit uh, controversial. That's a that is a bit controversial. But I mean, yeah. Aren't we all? Aren't we being unfiltered and raw? That's true. I'm gonna write this down just so we just remember. In case, yeah, unfiltered and yeah. Raw. <laughs> Okay, so that was the that was the fifth po- the fourth point. So the very last one before we actually let's let's get into the positives of being a millennial. Um, the fifth one was around, and I don't know if this is necessarily a negative, but it was just saying that. M- oh, oh, the fifth fifth negative. Yeah, okay, we're fifth, still on the negatives. Yeah. Okay. So the last one was millennials are having children at an average age of thirty. Goddamn, we passed that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're past. We're past it. What are we gonna do? Goddamn, with forty seven percent of births to women in the millennial generation being non-marital and then it says here 47 um, percent yes <gasps> buying a house getting married and having kids are all being pushed back and i think this is the like underestimated five to eight years later than previous generations and then their comment here was when you can't afford to pay rent you're definitely not thinking about the typical adult markers of achievement and progress 
Oh shit! Yeah, that's pretty. Um, okay, that's very interesting. Um, I forty-seven percent of women having kids is uh, out of marriage. Is that is that yeah, was that the sentence? According to the very U- interesting. I, this is in the U.S. though. Remember. So I don't know what it would be. Right. It might be different so, in other countries, but I mean, they they love the teen moms over there. Oh, they damn. they do like the teen moms. <laughs> Isn't that that's also glorified by that show? Oh God, I know. <laughs> Isn't it's like, it? well, I think it's, it's, as soon as you get a show like that, it like encourages other people maybe to try to like get their fifteen minutes of fame and just jump in. Totally. They're like, oh. Anyway, I mean, that's not. Yeah. Sorry. But, Continue. But yeah, I mean, so I think you know generally that's kind of i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or a good thing that we're having children later it's interesting okay well okay so people are getting married at no we're not talking about marriage we're talking about children well, every, so 30 well they're right? saying well yeah they said kids so people are having millennials are having children at an average age of 30 and then they said everything such as like buying a house getting married having kids are all being pushed back yeah much further than in previous generations yeah, so we could look at this in two ways, right? Mm. So we could look at it in a negative way and also a positive way. Yeah. I think in a positive way, it's it means that we're having the choice. Yeah. So before, in a, in a previous generation, it was almost mandatory to, especially because again, women were not working. Yeah. So for women, the only way to get out of and to get out of our parents' house was to get married. Yeah. Uh, so in previous generations, and we had to have, you know, we had to be dependent on a man. Yeah. So now because women are free to work and free to be independent, we don't feel the need to get married at the age of 20 mm. or 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. Um, and another thing is, again, we like to travel more. Yeah. We like to experience different things in life, not just getting a house and like, you know, getting a nine to five and going to work. So I feel like that's the positive. And then of course the negative is that, you know, there's more people, uh, we're getting more picky when it comes to finding our mate. And again, maybe we're entitled. We feel entitled to like the perfect marriage or the perfect kid or the perfect situation before we actually settle down and, you know, Mm. buy a house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think, Dan? Uh, (laughs) no, I, I think I agree with that. I think like we're, we're seeing the effects of what happened in the generation above us where actually, you know, the, you know, divorce rates quite high, you know, family splitting up all of this stuff. And you're right. It's not so much. It's like back in that generation, it was kind of the mandatory. You got married, you had kids. Whereas now we're in this new era where there are some things that are working against us as well in, in terms of like money and, you know, all of this other stuff. But like, we're also t- making that choice to actually, you know, I want to be with a partner that, you know, adds to my life and, you know, someone I want to raise kids with, not someone I'm just kind of with, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think in, in a lot of ways, I think that's more of a positive statement that we're waiting until one, we're financially stable, which takes a bit longer now. And two, that we're with somebody that actually, you know, we might not be married to them because, you know, marriage is also conventional thing that we did in the past so the whole idea of not being married before kids it's not such a big deal because it could have been someone yeah. your life partner you've been with for 10 years but agreed just not married agreed so i think totally in some ways it's kind of a positive um yeah a positive was one. this was this list like five problems of um millennials yeah it was like was five list yeah it was <laughs> okay it was basically like five shocking statistics about real millennial problems was the actual article oh okay yeah. interesting i mean i find I, f- I do find that interesting that the number five was listed as like a shocking problem yeah because i don't yeah like like we discussed it could be a negative and a positive exactly so there's there's anyways um all right okay so, so moving on moving so on this so are we going to talk about some positive okay yeah i think we should we should definitely because because i think as much as there are negatives, there's also some great positives to being a millennial as well. Um, so this list is just kind of like, I've just kind of gone to a bunch of different, um, okay. 
things and just pulled a few things off here. So the first, I can't wait. Oh God damn. So let me tear this list apart. Yeah, Tear it apart. So the first one (laughs) and put my negative spin on things as I usually do. You're good at that Rose. So, um, I'll try to keep things positive like I normally do. Um, <laughs> so we are, as a as a cohort or as a generation, we're ridiculously resourceful. So that was something that's a positive. So yes, we might, you know, we, we, we um, really embrace uh, technology. And if there's not something around that exists to help us, we can try to like make something like an app or something that can help us do our day-to-day tasks. Would you agree with this? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, is this out of an article? Yeah. The, the exa- like, I mean, I guess. Okay, I, I get. I get what they're saying mm-hmm. in a way. Resourceful. Um, in some ways, yes. Yeah. In some ways, we're useless and we don't know how to do basic things like fucking, uh, you know, sewing. Like, if you like, <laughs> if there's like something wrong with your shirt, like, do you know how to sew it? No. <laughs> do you know how to sew see like we're not you we're not really that resourceful That's in certain true, ways of course like we know how to do like shit like i don't know create an app maybe i don't know how to make an app mm. but maybe some of us do i think that's out of you know um competition of you know the capitalist society that we live in we feel the need to continuously develop new things mm. so of course we have to be resourceful to fucking stay competitive this is true this is very true okay but when we talk about like basics like cooking <laughs> like do do millennials cook um, I know how to cook, but like most people compared to the last generation are probably not very good at cooking. That's true. I mean, our parents are probably, I, I would agree that my parents are much better cooks than I am. <laughs> I can still cook though. And you're not that bad. Yeah. Like so, you're not half bad, but like some people like legit don't know how to cook. Anyways. Okay. So I just tore that apart. So that one's What's torn next? apart. Okay. The next one. <laughs> Positives um, is we've got a handle on the relationship between money and happiness. So the one here is that we don't think greed is good but we don't think that it's bad either in a sense that, okay, we don't pursue wealth for its own sake. We just want enough cash to be able to pay rent and live life. (laughs) I'm sorry. Who wrote the shit? (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, would you, wouldn't you agree? Okay. I would say in some ways, our generation um, is less likely to pursue and I'm generalizing here, but pursue a job or something just for money. So I think we're, we're have a, we're starting to get a better balance and a sense of, you know, what am I trying to say here? Like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. We, we value life experiences as well and not just money and material things. I agree. And I disagree. Okay. I think that we, okay. First of all, citation needed, like, where's like, where's the, it, Where's the statistic of the fact that we are less money driven, you know, because I do feel that like, of course, again, this is the problem with generalizing the whole generation, because obviously, like, there are people that are like very money driven. And if we look at the the state of consumerism, it's gotten worse. So we can't say that, like, we don't care about money because everyone wants to get the new iPhone. Everyone wants to get the new MacBook. Everyone wants to like everyone's focusing like it it is about of course we care about other things as well but that's to say like to say that we're less uh you know money driven or we're less materialistic is complete nonsense like we are money driven but yes we do understand that like um now we have more of a choice of like okay do we get a job for the uh the actual passion or do we get a job just because it pays a lot of money in that case then maybe most of us would choose a job that you know we'd rather be passionate about Mm. but um whoever wrote this article i like i don't know like do you only hang out with people that don't give a shit about money because like at the end of the day 
Yeah. And I do think that, yeah. Sorry, I'm like tearing this No, apart. no, no, that's fine. That's the whole point of this is like we're having a discussion about these points, right? Like yeah. it's like our take and what, what, we, what, we, what we think about them. Um, the next one, which is interesting that this is a positive because it's one that we talked about the negatives is we're having, <laughs> we're having kids later or not at all. <clears throat> and the thing here they were saying across Europe, and this was more on a Europe one, birth rates are falling, which is alarming economists. However, <clears throat> it's also a sign that millennials more than ever are thinking seriously about whether they, whether or not they want to start a family and are doing what's right for them instead of following an established path. Yeah. I mean, again, oh, that's interesting that like now this is seen in a, in a positive mm. list. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's, you could look at it in two ways. Yeah. You could look at it in a positive way and a negative way. I think there are both elements involved as to why, uh, we are choosing to have kids later or not have kids at all. Yeah. Like for example, in, in South Korea, I keep talking about South Korea, but that's cause I'm from there. Yeah. And, um, it's very interesting because South Korean birth rates are, I think the lowest now in OECD countries, it's actually a big problem there. Yeah. So before it was, I think Japan used to be the lowest. Yeah. I remember always um, hearing about Japan but now, being low. Yeah. And Japan and Korea are both very, very low. And I think Korea has now surpassed it, which is crazy. And that's not really a positive thing. It's because people don't have enough money to yeah. raise kids. And because now the cost of having kids is very, very expensive. The cost of education, cost of all of those things has gone up. Cost of living just generally yeah. has gone up. So people are not having kids. No, so that that's negative. Mm. But again, in terms of us, like in terms of you, you and I yeah. and the privilege that we have, like I think for us, it's more of a positive yeah. because we have this option. That's true. And I, I guess this is, the, mm -hmm. again, you're right. This is the hard thing about like generalizing a generation as well because within the millennials, we, yeah. all, we all have different experiences, right? So you're right. Some yeah, and we're living in different countries and people that live in Europe have different experiences to people that live in Asia exactly. or Africa or anywhere else exactly. in the world. So I'm mean, mm -hmm. yeah, interesting, interesting points. But I think it's good because both of us have lived in different countries and different continents, yeah. and um, uh, we come from different backgrounds. Like you, you know, you come from um, originally England, but you, you know, we're both raised in Canada, but yeah. I come from Korean background. So I think it's interesting for us to talk about it in different in different aspects. Exactly. No, for sure. Um, another point they had on here. Um, it says most of us are. Better edu sorry, most of us are better educated than ever about privilege and equality. So it said, millennials are the ones growing up in what is broadly an increasingly tolerant culture, and we're having loud conversations about racism, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia. Yeah. So I think that's a positive. Is this a BuzzFeed article? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like a BuzzFeed I don't article. even remember where I found this article. I just, oh, I, just, okay. I just remember seeing so much negative stuff and I was like, okay, I need to find some yeah. positive stuff about millennials. Oh, look at you. There, there's some, you know me. I'm always like trying to put a positive spin on things. So, um, because Well, here's I, the thing. Like, I feel like we always, glo here's what happens in human um, psychology. Yeah. For some reason, we always glorify the past. We always like have look at the past with this like rose colored, like through this low rose, rose colored, colored lens. Is yeah. that what you call it? Um, and then we look at the present, like it's like the worst time in the world. Yeah. So that's just kind of like human nature. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with technology. Anytime new technology comes out and like I do it too, or anytime, you know, something new comes out, we look back at old technology as if it was like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like now people, you know, talk shit about phones and how, you know, we shouldn't be on our phones all the time, which, you know, there's some truth to that, but, yeah. um, you know, before it was about television and before it was about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's the thing that we need to be aware of. So it's hard to see, you know, I guess the grass is always greener you in know, a sense, definitely, you know, definitely. And 
I, I would agree with that statement. You do look at sometimes it's like even for child, like in our own lives, we look at our childhood and you know, that's a period of our time yeah. where we're like, Oh my God, everything was so great in our childhood. And then we're like, but like, was it exactly? And then we're like, <laughs> now we're like, we're adults and we have to hashtag adult. What is it? Adulting or whatever. Yeah. Adulting. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh God, it sucks being an adult, but it's just, a point of point of time reference, I guess, or yeah. reference. We're just never satisfied. Yeah. I think oh, as God. humans, we just naturally are never satisfied mm. with the current situation. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Okay, next one, and I think this is one we can continue this this positivity. I will try. <laughs> I mean, it's quite hard hard with this, being on this podcast with you, negative Rose. Nancy over here. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is one you can agree with, though. And if you can't, I mean, I'm mm. gonna strongly disagree with you if you disagree with me on this one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Here's the thing, though. Uh, can I just say that I feel like I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic, yeah, and I think I have some good points. No, no, okay? I, I, no. Just you, put that out there. You, you, okay. You can you can put that. You out are there. like you. I feel like sometimes Daniel like likes. He lives in like a little optimistic bubble. I do. No, like, it, this uh, is true. This you know, is true. And it's great. Sometimes but I. Sometimes I bring I him a, down to reality. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I need a violent slap from Rose that brings me back down to reality. You know. <laughs> and you know the funny thing is, I remember when you were living in London, you were much more negative. And I think now that you've moved back to. Spain, You've just you've moved to Spain. You've yeah. become more positive again. Well, no, Rose. The reason I was so negative when I was lived in London is because I lived with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were still negative when I left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not okay. negative. It was funny because you would be complaining and I'd be like, oh, God damn, Daniel, what happened to positive Daniel? And you say London happened. I know London. <laughs> the UK destroyed me. OK, the, London brings out the negative. Mm. <laughs> It's because it's a tough city to live in, but that's another another. Oh my uh, god, we! Ne- I'm gonna write this down. We need an episode on the truth about living in London. Yeah, the good and bad. The good, the good, the bad, the Anyways. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So next one. Okay, what's the next, next one? one on the list? Is travel has never been easier, cheaper, or more accessible. This is true. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Because I think I think it's yeah. I was going to say, I think with regards to, especially with international travel, like looking at like even our grandparents or the generation before, it would have been a lot harder to do the stuff that we do. Um, and I think that's one nice thing about growing up as a millennial is the fact that it is a lot easier for us to be able to travel. But again, I'm, I'm looking at it from my perspective, but there's obviously people yeah. within, within the millennial generation that, you know, can't afford to travel for reasons we mentioned before, like debt, student debt yeah. and all that stuff. But overall, I think travel has become easier. It has definitely like, and it's become like, you can tell it's, you know, so many more people travel now and it's becoming like a thing and it's definitely become easier for a lot of people. Of course, again, not for everybody, but it's interesting because I think when my parents were younger and living in South Korea, like Korean people were not allowed to like leave the country for a while. I don't know for how long, yeah. but because um, I think it was because South Korea was starting to become a developing uh, developed nation. Yeah. So it's becoming it was picking up steam in terms of the economy. So they needed workforce. And they wanted well, they want they needed workforce, but they also wanted everyone to spend the money in Korea, uh, not yes. outside. They don't want to take the so money. So there was like a big yeah, it wasn't like a travel ban, I think, but like it was very hard to like get a visa to leave to go to somewhere else so like my parents like never traveled outside of korea Mm. so now now koreans are traveling like everywhere like there's koreans you know all over the goddamn world so (laughs) they be everywhere those koreans god damn Um, but that being said that being said let me put a negative spin on this yep i was waiting for it i was waiting for it rose i'll hold my i won't hold my breath i mean i'm just again being realistic um again me and daniel come from you know, we, we're very lucky to have traveled a lot. Yeah. And, you know, again, we come from, you know, uh, an, a background where we were able to, you know, afford travel. And like Daniel mentioned, you know, there's people out there that can't. And I think it would suck for those people because now we have 
social media and now you're looking at everyone traveling yeah you see that everyone else is traveling everyone else is going to fucking spain and france and you know going to the safari and doing all this cool shit and then yeah. you're looking at your instagram feed and thinking what am i doing what the fuck life? am i doing yeah and that's how you increase depression and being you know feeling bad for yourself yeah. and all the, that which is a negative part of that so that's the other side of the yeah. coin unfortunately interestingly that does tie in with the <laughs> next point about social media look at me i'm just i haven't even read these and i'm you, just prepared you are prepared as hell <laughs> i think maybe you secretly God did read damn. them no i um, did not um so basically this one's interesting so the, the the saying is we're just old enough to appreciate our privacy so it says it might look like we're spilling our guts and revealing our locations in every single social media space available right but yeah unlike the generation why i think we're talking about that's younger than us we they will never know a time when they didn't have internet and everything in their pockets whereas we were on the cusp of that do you know what i mean like so we oh okay so we're comparing it to the 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 next generation now yeah interesting yeah so we're that is true because we're we're in a good sorry i'm interrupting you no 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 it's fine uh, i was just saying like we we kind of we we were able to have our childhood without social media infiltration too much and then move into university so we kind of have I know it still causes, it can cause anxiety and everything else, but we have more of a handle on it than the generation where actually their whole lives have been social media. So true. And like that isn't, see, that's interesting because mm. um, up until this point, I was just thinking about like, oh, like comparing ourselves to the generation before us. Yeah. And now I realize we're actually pretty fucking old. Yeah. And yeah, we we are. should probably compare ourselves to the younger people too yeah. that aren't part of this like millennial generation. Mm -hmm. And it's so true because we're like, especially our age, like you and I, mm -hmm. we come from kind of that background where like, yeah, our childhood, like we didn't have social media exactly. and it wasn't until maybe, I think I got a computer when I was in grade three or something yeah. and we had like dial up internet and that stuff. <laughs> AOL. And <laughs> yeah. And we didn't have cell phones. Like I didn't have a cell phone until I was like, um, you know, maybe like junior high. And I think I was one of the first ones to get cell yeah. phone in junior high. I didn't Most have a cell phone, a cell phone in high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. And now kids are walking around with cell phones and they're like five years old. I know it's crazy. But then, but then think about also too, like I reflect back to my time. Cause obviously like certain periods of adolescence were really challenging. Like obviously going through puberty and all that kind of stuff and everything yeah, yeah. at that time is magnified. It's always the end of the world. You never think beyond high school or whatever right. else. Imagine throwing social media into that as well. Oh my God. Honest. I can't imagine. Honestly, yeah. I actually feel bad for the younger generation now yeah. because I'm like, I actually cannot imagine growing up with like going to school and like, again, kids are fucking awful. Like, I'm yeah. sorry when you're like in junior high, like I was awful in junior high. Yeah. Everyone was awful in junior high. Yeah. Everyone was like a bitch. Like yeah. everyone's so mean and like everyone is so insecure that they have to be mean to everybody. And that's just the honest truth. Uh, not everyone. I should not generalize. Yeah. Again, there are kids that are very nice, but a lot of kids are not <laughs> nice. And imagine that with, with Instagram, media. Facebook, yeah. Cyberbullying. Like, that's crazy. All of this kind of stuff. It, honestly, it is it is a problem. And actually, one of my friends is a teacher and she teaches elementary and like I think that kind of like devil age of like grade five, grade six or something. Yeah. And <laughs> the devil age. And apparently, like they they do have this issue where kids are now like not only do they have to worry about bullying in school, but also online. but now it's constant because yeah. like they go home and they get still bullied. Yeah. And 
Oh my god, that's like another and fucking then, episode to discuss. Oh this. no, definitely. <laughs> we, we, I think we should write that down. And then uh-huh. compound <laughs> compounding the fact. So not only are they worrying mm-hmm. about cyberbullying, compound the fact mm-hmm. that we, as we mentioned before, you see all your friends traveling and living this luxury life. So that will compound yep. the fact of you feeling more shit about yourself because one, you're getting cyberbullied, and two, you're seeing <laughs> you're seeing all your friends going on these holidays and you're at home. I mean, oh my god, it's a I shouldn't for be disaster. laughing, but like, no, seriously though, like it's bad, yeah. and like, um. And like, yeah, we have to deal with it. Uh, but again, it at least we got a sense of like the analog. We're kind of like in between analog and digital. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I kind of, I've worked, you know, I've used non-digital cameras. Like yeah. those old, like do do kids even know how to use those nowadays? Like film cameras, do, you, do they even know what they are? You know, we got that kind of great sense of both worlds, yeah. which I think is like, which is what makes it like kind of nice, yeah. you know? I think that's a huge positive okay. to our generation is to have that kind of, you know, be able to still have our a relatively, you know, technology free. But what childhood. about like, okay, if millennials count as nineteen ninety six as well? Yeah, they're kind of on the like they're more on the end of that's true. Um, the the digital age, yeah. whereas like we were like legit kind of in between. Hundred percent. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that like you like you said, we weren't really. I mean, I remember we were using computers a little bit in school, like in like grade six, maybe. Well, no, a little yeah. bit even earlier, but it was like for very like basic stuff, like. Yeah. So, and it's fascinating how much, even here in Spain, they're all using like every single classroom has like a touch screen projector system. No. Yeah. So I'm like using really? like, a projector and like touching things. Oh, and, really? Like, it's crazy. And I'm like, you know, this wasn't around when I was a kid, you know? So. And see, I'm also, and see, now I'm doing that thing where I'm rem- reminiscing about, you know, the past with like the chalkboard and oh. the chalk and. Or the overhead, you know, overhead like, projector. That's just nice. Did you remember the overhead projector? Oh my God, projectors? the overhead projector. <laughs> yes. And like, do you remember also the days when the teacher like rolled in the the television oh my god like, yes you know the brick tv and the vhs and, like, that's when you knew you were like oh shit we're gonna watch a movie i never got all <laughs> i never got all excited they were like yes the vhs and then, yeah. it, and then it would be like in science all it would be VHS. like bill Nye the science guy or something yeah <laughs> something ridiculous oh god. oh god those were the days again reminiscing about our childhood you know uh-huh okay continue let's continue okay let's see what else is on this list i think we've pretty much touched on all of it um, I'm trying to see what else is here. So we kind of talked already about the the whole idea about experiencing uh, experiences meaning more than stuff. You tore that one down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a there's one here. This is interesting. So we feel younger for longer. Hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. And I that's hundred percent true. Yeah, I think that's a positive because we enjoy our youth culture for longer, which you know it's nice. <laughs> It is nice. You know, like I don't, it's crazy because if you think about it, like both our parents have had us by now, like by our age Yeah. and, and a lot, like your parents had you when they were very young. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I was living my exact parents' <laughs> life, I would be married with two children right now. Two children. Yeah. And like, I actually, me too. Yeah. My, yeah, totally. Yeah. I would too. I would have two kids by now. And, um, in a few years I'd be getting ready to move to Canada. <laughs> oh God, God damn, Rose. So like, it's crazy. And yeah, we definitely grow up slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, yeah, a, I mean, in, in I a, guess that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I think it is like, I mean, I, cause I think when I look at our parents' generation, again, I'm generalizing, but I do feel like that particular generation was like, they had kids young or younger and they were like slaving away to like provide for their kids. And then they don't really get to like, 
I'm not saying they didn't enjoy their life with the, the kids and stuff. Obviously they did, but like they're looking yeah. at more retirement and when they like do that, that's when they're living their life. Do you know what I mean? Like going mm-hmm. and traveling and doing all this stuff where they didn't do it as much when they had a family. For sure. Yeah. But also do you think that again, to put a negative spin yeah, on Of course things, I'm used to it now. Well, I think like, you know, sometimes I do think that, you know, there are great things again about, um, you know, being able to travel and doing all these things and having, having all these options. But also I think that we do create a bit of a, um, how do I word this? Um, uh, there's this thing called the hedonistic treadmill, which again, we could talk about this in a different episode, but basically what it is, is like, um, no, that's not really what I want to talk. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? No, that's not what I want to talk about. (laughs) Scratch that. Okay. There's this thing where you, okay. Like you, let's say, for example, mm-hmm. tomorrow I went traveling yeah. for the first time ever, yeah. right? My initial experience traveling for the first time ever is going to be amazing, right? Yeah. I'm going to be so ecstatic. It's going to bring me so much joy and so much excitement and everything's going to be fantastic. But then 20 times after, it's like the, the amount, what is it? What is it called? The reward system. Yeah, it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's, a, it's the diminishing, diminishing return or yes, something like this. Diminishing returns. Yeah. That's the that's the term I yeah. was looking for. So you're going to get diminishing returns. So because now we're so overstimulated as a generation, yeah. we're getting, you know, we're getting fucking, you know, we can easily get, you know, a meal fucking delivered to us like right now to immediately in like yeah, 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. We, we can go traveling easily. We can do this and this and this and this. And because of this, we do, I think we do have a lower amount of appreciation yeah. for little things in life yeah. and for just like just everything in general. So we always want the bigger and better things. And that causes, I think that's also another cause of why a lot of people are not as happy, even though yeah. we have so much, we have so much, but are, are we actually happier as a generation? Mm. Doubtful. Okay. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that little, uh, like nice little, uh, negative spin, not negative. Uh, no, I, I don't think, I don't it, you know, I'm it, trying to be, Yes. I don't want to call it negative because you're not being negative, Rose. You're just being like more yes. kind of like realistic and just talking about points yes. that, you know. Um, but I think a really good... And I think it's important. A hundred percent. To talk about. I, I really like this okay. um, this quote that I want to kind of finish this chat about millennials on, <laughs> um, which yeah. I think is quite powerful. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because I think it hits... Okay. It actually, it actually touches on some points about, um, you know, one of the reasons why I became vegan as well. So it's kind of an interesting one. So listen to this. <laughs> Uh, the public inheritance we're leaving for millennials and their children. Again, okay, sorry. Before I start this, it's US-centric <laughs> data again. But anyway, keep it in mind. Okay. The public okay. inheritance we're leaving for millennials and their children includes $19 trillion in government debt, a social security and Medicare system that won't be able to pay them full benefits by the time they're ready to retire, and a planet endangered by climate change. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm being the negative Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very bad. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, okay, people need to like, like the older generation might complain about millennials, mm. but I'm like, yo man, you're again, you laid the bed. How do yeah. I say this? Like you, like a lot of people created the system. Exactly. So you can't blame again. We're just a bunch of people trying to survive in the system and everyone is trying to do the best they can, but it's like we created exactly. this fucking monster of a system that's going insane and we don't know exactly. how to stop it. And the world is going to fucking collapse before we even, we probably even have a chance to I raise think kids. Gonna, to be honest, I think there are in the next, like, and I, you know, this could just be a kind of prediction or whatever, but I do think in the next kind of 
10 to 20 years, maybe not even that long time of a period, there is going to be some serious substantial changes. There has to be, you know what I mean? I feel like in, in many ways and not just environmentally, obviously environmental is a huge one. That's a huge, you know, catastrophic time bomb. That's like, you know, something drastic needs to change oh god but I also this this is becoming so dark um but I also think and we've talked about this so many times the whole uh economic system of capitalism is also god driving this insane machine off a cliff basically like it's something is going to give essentially this is the problem it's look I'm not against capitalism me neither but it needs to be regulated there needs to be it's it's driven now by greedy people that just want money. And that's why that's literally the, like pretty much the cause of pretty much all our, like most of our problems, like climate change, for example, because of greedy people that cannot admit that this is an actual problem. Mm. We are literally going to probably collapse. Like this earth is going to collapse or it's going to have severe consequences, consequences like you've just mentioned. And it's because of this idea that we constantly have to keep producing new shit, constantly have to grow, constantly have to make more, more and more and more. Where is the end? Exactly. Well, this is it. Where, where does it end? Where is there? It's, It's just like the whole idea of inflation and growth. Companies grow year on year. Uh, cost of living grows year on year. When does it reach a breaking point though? When does it reach a point where it's actually not sustainable? You can't grow forever. You know what I mean? So totally. It's kind of like, Oh my God, I need to write this down as a potential next topic. (laughs) We've got like, we've got like four podcast topics like lined up. Um, but like to add to that point, it's like, like for example, like let's look at our cell phones, for example, Mm. like we've already, I feel like, we have now very, very, very smartphones, right? Yeah. So we have phones that can take pictures just as well as nice cameras can. Yeah. We have phones that can call. We can order food. We can do pretty much anything on our phones. Yeah. How much more? Like these phone companies have to constantly keep Reinvent pushing themselves. out new products. Yeah. Constantly. Like how many more fucking phones can we make before we come to a point where we're like, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Like what do our phones need to do? Fucking like, like what? What's next? I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. You know, so it's, it, it's an interesting Oh my gosh. Because then you think you're right. Like this constant cycle and it's, and it is driven fundamentally. Well, one by us kind of wanting some of these changes, but also fundamentally by companies trying to make more money. I mean, that's simple as it I is. I think it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's, we want more because we are given all of these things because all of these companies are making products. Yeah. And then these companies also have to keep making products because they're all competing against each other. And that's the only way to survive in this world because that's the world that has been built for us. That's true. So if we're, if we're going to not, if we're going to reject the system, then we have to basically live in a forest by ourselves. Oh, God damn. <laughs> like, which is not sustainable and like mm. yeah i don't know it's oh god it's crazy as hell so that brings us to the end of this yeah. very positive podcast god damn. Oh, no. we need a vegan nugget yes so um <laughs> the one i was thinking of so a little a little okay okay so a vegan nugget in in case you guys don't know yeah. is our little uh end statement yeah. where we give you a little tip on how to maybe live a more plant-based lifestyle mm-hmm. if that's something you're interested in yeah. and yeah it's just our little you know our little vegan nugget yeah so do you want to so Daniel go? Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I mean, mine's, I feel like it's kind of obvious, but I just want to say it anyway. So I just think one of the things that's really helped me is, for example, if you because I obviously we're both very, very social, right? We want to go out. We want to spend time with our friends. So it's just preparing ahead. So, for example, if your friends want to go to a certain restaurant, 
Google it, look up the menu, make sure that there's things that you can have, or obviously have chats with your friends to try to pick restaurants where there are options for you, but always just think ahead and then it becomes so much easier and it's not an uncomfortable situation when you get to the restaurant, you'll know kind of an idea of what you can either modify to make vegan or there are some vegan options there for you. So that's my little vegan nugget. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail, exactly. as I always say. Exactly. And, and, it, and um, it only takes two minutes mm-hmm. with our, like we said, with our technology and our phones, you can just like, boop, 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 <laughs> and there you go. So it's not that yeah. that much time out of your day. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just going to add to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that you could do, again, I'm a big fan of the fail to prepare, prepare to fail mantra, yeah. if you will. Uh, <laughs> is that called a mantra or like um, a, what is that called? Uh, a saying, a, a quote, saying, yeah, whatever it like is. Like a philosophy, maybe. Um, I live by that philosophy. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not prepared, especially in the beginning of your plant-based journey, you might have a tough time. Yeah. So uh, I think the biggest thing that could help, especially for those of us that live busy lives, is to meal prep. Yes. So um, this is something that helps both Daniel and I. Uh, Daniel more so now. I mean, actually now I don't know because you live in Spain and yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, when we both lived in London and worked nine to five, we always made extra. Every time we cooked, I mean, meal prepping doesn't have to be complicated. Literally, just anytime you cook something, just make extra batches and you can save it in the fridge or the freezer Mm -hmm. and eat it for a few days. And it literally is so helpful. It also helps you save money and eat healthier. It's a win-win, really. Yes, and if you want some meal prep recipes, you can go to Cheap Lazy Vegan on YouTube. <laughs> I was waiting for I was waiting for that <laughs> plug. Um, yeah. Also, um, you know, if you like this podcast, please, you know, leave it, leave a comment um, in the comment section below. I believe that there is one. Um, once it's on is iTunes, there one? <laughs> I think on iTunes and stuff you oh, can rate them. And if it's yeah, if you're on iTunes and stuff or anywhere where you can rate the podcast, please give us a five star or whatever a- rating system there is. Yeah, that would be really, really helpful. And also follow us on Instagram at the Savage Podcast. And we also have a YouTube channel where we will be releasing clips of uh, this, well, basically the videos and also full <laughs> full length uh, podcast. And that's the, uh, again, the Savage Podcast. So check it out. Yes, yeah. and uh, okay, not okay. You know what? Let's let's not do too many plugins. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Well, and follow Cheap Lazy Vegan, obviously on YouTube, as all you you know and love, Rose, the YouTube sensation as well. <laughs> on Instagram, same handle, Cheap Lazy Vegan, um, and check out her website. And as well. you guys, and you guys, not to be not to be like annoying, yeah. <laughs> but we do have a Patreon. Yeah. If you want some extra content, exclusive content, yeah. we do an extra bonus episode every month yeah. and we're probably going to record one next week. So yeah. that will probably go out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so every month we're going to do a bonus episode just for Patreon. Yeah. So if you, if you can't get enough of Daniel and Rose, check <laughs> us out on patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, take care guys. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. And we will be back at you uh, in a few weeks' time with episode or episode, yeah, episode three of the Savage Podcast.